We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The Chicago Bears losing streak is over, and it happened in dramatic fashion in Week 16 as they took down the Seattle Seahawks in a winter snow globe out there in Seattle. We're going to get into a little bit of that, the latest on the Bears head coach and GM rumors, as well as preview week 17 against the New York Giants, the home finale. Before we get into that, though, I got to welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, the Bears win, but it's kind of just like, eh, okay, they win, but we we know what's coming down the line. Yeah, we're just going through the motions right now, right? I mean, that's yep, exactly. pretty much where we are right now. I know some people got excited for the win. For those people, God bless you. I'm glad you could. I honestly was just ready for the game to be over at that point. I just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's kind of reached that point in the season. And that was something I, I can't remember who pointed it out. Somebody pointed it out. Maybe it was Dan Pompey was saying like, the win would have probably been a little bit more meaningful had it not been for the fact that Nick Foles throws the game-winning touchdown pass to Jimmy Graham and, you know, the game-winning two-point conversion pass to Demir Bird. Like, those guys aren't going to be on the roster, you know? Like, it's the same thing with Bruce Irvin getting, you know, that final pressure and all that stuff. Like, those guys aren't going to be on the roster next year. None of this really much matters, and you'd like to see some of the younger guys play. But, again, at this point, it is what it is. Obviously, you can't question – Matt Nagy for Justin Fields because he didn't practice all week. He was in a walking boot. It's this isn't a, you know, this isn't a situation where, you know, he's just playing games. Like it's just as simple as Justin Fields wasn't ready to go. Now, obviously the Larry Borum situation was a little bit different with a Fetty starting over him and then Thomas Graham rotating, whatever it is, what it is. You know, we could beat a dead horse or we can't, but the reality of it is, is that we're recording this on a Tuesday and basically in 13 or 12 or 13 days, you know, Black Monday rolls around and we'll finally have answers and some resolution to things that we've been waiting on the majority of the season. Yeah. And I mean, we shouldn't really expect the Bears to make a move anyway. Only one team right now is making moves with, with their coaching search and taking advantage of this new two week period. And this is Jacksonville Jaguars who, you know, have a list. Uh, what is it? Seven, eight names long essentially right now. And to kind of go through it, it's, it's Todd Bowles, Jim Caldwell, 
um, Matt Eberfluss, Nathan, Nathaniel Hackett, Byron Lefwich, Kellen Moore, Doug Peterson, Dan Quinn. Um, I think there's a couple other names missing from that list, but that's just on day one of this interview request window. So it's not like the Bears are really missing out on much either. And I highly doubt the Jaguars are going to hire a coach this week. And I highly doubt they will hire Chicago's top target at this point because their, their list is so long. And as you and I were talking before this podcast, it's pretty, pretty much going to be a similar list for the Bears. You're going to hear Kellen Moore. You're going to hear Byron Lefwich. Um, you're, you're, you're probably going to hear, you know, a guy like Nathaniel Hackett and maybe Dan Quinn, um, you know, someone else that wasn't mentioned, Brian Dable. Names like that you're going to hear in the coaching search. But right now it's just the Jaguars. And as you pointed out, the Raiders aren't really taking advantage of it because they are in the playoff race. Um, and really there's no other openings as of right now. So, yeah, the Bears won. Um, they're five and ten. They could very well finish a season seven and ten if they win their next two. That's not going to change anything. What Matt Nagy did last week and what he's doing these next two weeks really isn't going to change his job status all that all that much in my eyes. And kind of looking at it, I think in a way, them not making a move right now is and if you're in the camp of total regime changes, I think that's a good sign because they're not, you know, going to go into this season. You know, if they, if they fire Matt Nagy right now, it kind of means that Ryan Pace might be safe, but if they wait until the end of the season, they can kind of clean house um, altogether and and kind of restart from there. Well, I think really the conversation comes down to one thing, one thing only is Ryan Pace going to be the GM of this team moving forward. We know Matt Nagy's gone. None of these three games, you know, this game last weekend and these next two games mean anything. They could, they could win out, and it's not going to change anything. Matt Nagy's gone. I don't care what Ian Rappaport said on NFL Network yesterday that no decision has been made. I mean, dude, all you have to do is listen to Matt Nagy talk. I mean, even Lewis Riddick had mentioned something about it on the you know the Monday night uh, broadcast uh, you know a few weeks ago about basically talking about how they'd already kind of had conversations you know about how how things are going to go. I mean, listen to Matt Nagy talk. I mean, all he, all he's done is reflect on his time in Chicago and talk about how, you know, talk about emptying the cup, whether it's a full cup, half cup, whatever. Those are the kind of things a guy says when he's resigned to his fate. Everybody knows what's coming. Matt Nagy knows what's coming. That the, the, his, his job status is completely irrelevant right now because we know exactly what's happening. I think again, what this comes down to is what are the bears going to do with Ryan Pace? Now, it's kind of it's an interesting situation because obviously this this new uh, you know this new interview window that has been open because there's multiple facets to it. It's not just as simple as a team quote unquote requests you know to interview this player or interview this candidate for the coaching position and all of a sudden they can do it. Like the team still has to agree to it. The second part of this is it's a maximum two hour window of a virtual interview. So while you're kind of laying groundwork with some of these guys and that's well and fine. For the Bears, it's kind of a situation where it's, you know, there's just not, is there something to be gained? Yeah, probably, but there can also be something to be lost too because what happens if they interview some of these guys and they still don't know what they're doing with Ryan Pace and all of a sudden these candidates start going, okay, well, you know, what are you going to do? You know, what's going on general manager? Who's going to be hiring me? Who's going to be doing this? Who, you know, it's like, and all of a sudden they don't have the answers to those questions. That could be a turnoff for potential candidates as well. So 
I think really what this what what's going on here is like you pointed out. There's one team doing this, man. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a mess. They've already said they're going to keep their GM Trent Balky, and you know their their owners also meddling in a thing. So basically, you're going to have two different people to go to. That's going to affect their that's going to affect their search with the head coach as well. Then you look at the Raiders. The Raiders are in the middle of a playoff chase. It was said earlier today that they're not going to do any sort of groundwork on a head coaching, you know, on the head coaching candidates to figure out what they're going to do, or even GM if they move on from Mike Mayock until after the season. They're eight and seven. They're right in the middle of the playoff mix. It makes absolutely zero sense. So again, it's one team. It's it's, and I understand again fans' frustrations. I understand really the core principle is the Bears don't have their stuff figured out as usual. They don't have the ducks in a row. I mean, that's just, it's, it is what it is at this point, but like you pointed out, I do think if you're looking for any sort of sign, even if it's small, that maybe Ryan Pace is going to be gone. I think this is a good sign because again, if you're comfortable with who you have as your general manager, then maybe you start laying some of the groundwork with some of this stuff, you know, maybe you start interviewing some of these guys and at least making notes and figuring out what you have going on. So it's just, really what this comes down to is again, we have less than two weeks until we know exactly what the bears are going to do. And then from there they can kind of get on and, and, and go with it. I thought Dan, uh, Dan Weeder put out a pretty good article the other day that was just kind of talking about, you know, the decision process and, and the questions that the bears have to, you know, ask themselves during this process with, you know, finding Matt Nagy's replacement, what they're going to do at general manager. And one of the things that I thought was interesting is he showed over the last, I think it was like six or seven seasons, um, you know, the correlation between teams who hire the first head coach out of that, the, the, out of that cycle and, you know, how much success there's been. And there's really no correlation really, you know, if, if you go back and you look, even, you know, even when you go back and you look at the 2018, when the bears hired Matt Nagy, they were the second team to hire a coach. John Gruden was first. And obviously we've seen how both of those guys have worked out. I mean, you can kind of go back through and look at every single coaching hire and there's really no correlation between the success and how good these guys are going to be versus the team that makes the first hire. And I think the thing to kind of keep in mind is, yeah, the the Jacksonville Jaguars are in a very similar situation to the bears. They have a high first round, uh, you know, rookie quarterback that'll be going in the second year that needs stability, that needs the right offense, you know, that needs the right offensive mind and the overall supporting cast. So yeah, you're going to see a lot of the guys that maybe, you know, Bears fans are targeting the Bears fans hope that the Bears target. Yeah, th- those are all going to be on the list. But again, they're two hour virtual interviews. And no hire can be made until after these teams are out of the playoffs. I mean, it's the same thing as normal. So again, you know, you look at, let's just hypothetically say, just throwing a name out there because the first one that pops into my mind is Josh McDaniel. So let's say that both the Bears and the Jacksonville Jaguars decide that they want to interview him and then they decide that they want to hire him. They can't even make a move. Let's just say New England went all the way to the Super Bowl. They couldn't make a move until after that game's over with. It's the same exact concept as it has been in years past. So I get it. Things are happening. We've all been waiting for Matt Nagy to be fired. Some of us longer than others. I I definitely know I'm in that camp because I expected him to be fired back in January along with Ryan Pace. But really what it comes down to is we have to see how the rest of everything else is going to play out. And, you know, at this point in time, an extra two weeks isn't going to do any damage. I don't think it's going to do a whole lot of good at this point, especially if you don't know who the guy, because you don't, let's just put it this way. You don't want George McCaskey to be making that hire. You don't want Ted Phillips to be making that head coaching hire. Like you don't 
really, I don't even want there to be any sort of front runner or guy that they're gunning for because of these interviews. Like I want the, the slate to be completely clean. If there's a new general manager that comes in, then I want him to be able to go out and hire the candidate that he wants to hire. And I think that, you know, again, it, it's, it's essentially two weeks, you know, even if, even if the Jags interview, let's just say eight to 10 guys, it's two hours of virtual stuff. It's all going to be very minimal groundwork. As we all know how these interview processes work, these things range almost all day, you know? So it's just, it's just kind of one of those things that it's going to be an exercise in patience again, because a lot of the candidates that are going to be named, I mean, just look at some of the names of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they, they went out and they, they, they want to interview both uh, coordinators from Dallas. They want to interview both coordinators from Tampa Bay. You, you start looking at all these names and it's like, okay, well, these guys are in the playoffs and you know, it, it, they all have a chance at a first round buy. They all have a chance to, you know, make it to the NFC championship game or make it to the Super Bowl. Like these are all top end teams so even if the Bears have an idea of who they want or whatever it may be, or even if you have an idea of who you want, it doesn't mean just because Black Monday comes and goes and they fire everybody and they start fresh, one, they're going to have to hire a new GM first if Ryan Pace is gone. And two, they're going to have to wait until you know some of these head coaching candidates actually become available after their season's over. The same thing happened with Matt Nagy. So again, I, I get it, but you're going to have to have a little bit of patience through the process because not everything is, is equal unless they're going to go out and hire somebody like Doug Peterson, you know, that, that didn't coach last year. A lot of this is going to take time because almost any hot candidate on the market is going to be a part of a playoff team. So you're just going to have to kind of wait and see how it all goes. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And they're going to get, you know, interest from other teams as well, too. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, not Fireman Nagy right now and not doing the, the, the work on candidates, you know, is because, you know, they, they don't, they're probably not settled on what to do with Ryan Pace right now. They're probably going over their options and, and all that stuff. So I, I really don't think we should kind of look too much into that. I, I think you're right. I do think that. Matt Nagy's time is essentially running up here. This is going to be his final two games. And I kind of got that vibe as well of, you know, listening to him in that press conference over the past couple of days. It sounds like a guy who knows, hey, like, you know, I'm pretty much done here. Um, This is kind of my last, you know, two games. And even though he said he's under the assumption he's going to coach in these final two games, 
it sounds like he knows he's a dead man walking and you could kind of get it by the tone of his voice. You could get it by the comments he's making and he's just kind of going out how he's going out. So yeah, the next couple of weeks will be interesting in terms of the coaching search. And I don't expect any more names to, or any more teams to kind of pop up like the Jaguars did today. They're making all the headlines. They've had a vacancy here for a couple of weeks and they knew what they're going to do. They're, they're going to kind of, try to find that new guy after the disaster of urban Meyer here in, in year one for him. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's nothing's really going to save Matt Heggie. The door's pretty much closed on him. And like you mentioned, the full attention now goes to Ryan pace and what they're going to do with Ryan pace, what they're going to do with other guys in the front office and, and ownership and management, all that type of stuff. You know, will Ted Phillips take that step back? What, are, what is it going to look like next season for the bears? Can they get some more football people in, you know, management this off season? So yeah, it'll be interesting, but you know, looking back at this game, Aaron, against the Seahawks it was a little disappointing um, when it was announced, you know, that Jermaine Fetty would start and be a captain and then Thomas Graham, you know, wouldn't start. He'd be on the bench in favor of Artie Burns, but we got to see both of those guys. We also got to see a little bit of Daz Newsome out there. We got to see some Khalil Herbert on the touchdown run. And I think overall, outside of Tevin Jenkins getting hurt with that shoulder injury, it was a pretty solid game for the younger guys on the roster. And you and I said it last week. A couple of people pointed out to us on Twitter. All that matters is these young guys. This is, this is a great time to get that evaluation. And yeah, it sucked Justin Fields couldn't play. Um, and we had to see Nick Foles. But seeing Thomas Graham out there after the mistake he made, you know, against DK Metcalf, giving up that touchdown, he was pretty damn good. Um, Larry Borum looked like he needed some work. He didn't look very comfortable on that left side, having to go in for Tevin Jenkins. But, you know, overall, it wasn't a terrible, terrible game for him. And then Daz Newsome, his positives came in, in the punt return game. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's kind of at that point where you're just kind of looking to take, take away regardless win or lose. You're just looking to take away some positives and you get some of these young guys playing time. Obviously, you know, the hope has to be right now that, you know, Tevin Jenkins shoulder injury isn't too bad and maybe he can play one or, you know, one or two of the final two games that they have. And if not, it is what it is. I mean, they're going to have a lot of questions on this roster regardless, but I mean, it's just kind of one of those. I think you're just kind of going through the motions of everything right now. It's obviously there's two games left. Uh, I, I think it's honestly, it, it's crazier to me, you know, when, when you go back, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because the bears had history with Seattle this past weekend, and they're going to have history with the giants as well in terms of, you know, quarterbacks. And, you know, if you go back to, you know, late February, early March, when all those rumors were running rampant and it sounded like the Bears were getting really close to a trade for Russell Wilson, you know, all the rumors were saying that Pete Carroll was the one that mixed it. Like he wanted one more run with Russell Wilson as his quarterback. And, you know, that one more run has has equated in them going five and 10 so far. And this is going to be the first losing season in 10 years. Like it's just it's crazy to see how far the Seahawks have fallen. And it just seems like it's kind of an, the end of an era there where I think everybody's expecting Russell Wilson to be gone in the off season. Pete Carroll's 70 years old. I mean, at what point does he decide to hang it up as a coach? Um, you know, so Seattle could be in the, in the, you know, in the coaching carousel as well. I mean, it's been definitely a disappointing season and a really stacked division in the NFC, uh, in NFC West, but you know, anytime that you can go into Seattle and get a win. And I think really more than anything, what this continues to pound home is, 
you know, Matt Nagy's not the greatest head coach ever. And obviously I think most bears fans, if not all bears fans want to see him gone. But I think what we continue to see is that this team has not given up on him. They're not a good team. Fundamentally, there's a lot of mistakes there. There's a lot of things that you obviously wish you could see that were better, but this team does not stop fighting. And I, I think that if anything, that is a testament to Matt Nagy because there's been a lot of comparisons made. And we've talked about this before. There's been a lot of comparisons made to him and, and uh, you know, Mark Tressman. And clearly these are not the same situations at all. And you still have these players going out and playing hard, even with some of the question, you know, the questionable personnel decisions are making, it just really kind of seems like Matt Nagy is kind of going out his way. And really you can't blame him at this point. That's usually why you want to fire a coach in season. If you have, you know, some young guys that you're looking to develop or whatever it may be, but you know, it, I don't know. It, it's, it's bad. It's weird. It's bad football to watch, but it's still inspired efforts from guys. And that's kind of something I pointed out as well. You know, there, there's, there are still core leaders on this team that will be here next year. David Montgomery, uh, Robert Quinn, um, you know, you look over on the other side of the ball and you got Roquan Smith. I mean, there, there's a multitude of different guys that will be on this team next year that have stepped up into leadership roles and have continued to play really damn well, all things considered. So I think that there are, even for as bad as the game was, for as bad as the Bears have been, I mean, they're five and 10, there are still some positives to take away. And I think that really the biggest thing to kind of take away moving forward is, you know, they do have some talent. Obviously they have a lot of holes, but I think more than anything, this, the culture that they have within the locker room and on this team within this roster right now is a hell of a lot better than it was moving out of that 2014 season when Ryan Pace had to step in and just start an entire rebuild. I don't think the bears are at that point. I don't think anybody should believe that the bears are at that point. It's going to take some time, but I don't think that this is going to be a three-year rebuild where we're all going to have to sit through these terrible seasons. Like if the bears do things right and they make the right decisions, they could easily be an eight or nine win team next year and be right back in the thick of things. And obviously a lot of that's going to depend on Justin Fields, but there are still some, there, there are some core pieces on this team. There are also, you know, also some key players over the next year or two, like a Robert Quinn, um, you know, when, when they get Cleo Mack back, like they still have some talent on this team and it's good to see that the core and, you know, the leadership of this team is still wanting to go out there and fight and play to win. I mean, I think that says a lot for at least what they've built, even if it's not a very good football team. Yeah, they, they definitely haven't quit. And you saw that. I mean, look at Nick Foles earlier in the year. What was it, August when he had that press conference where he was pretty much just begging a team to come get him and, and trade for him. And then he comes out and, you know, little days notice starts the game and didn't really play bad and, and let a game winning drive with a couple of nice throws and then the two point conversion on a hell of a play by Demir bird. Yeah. The, this team, you know, these players care. And I think listening to someone like Alec Ogletree, when he talks every week, you can kind of tell like this locker room is not really given up yet. And you have a good point. There are a lot of guys that are still fighting and a lot of guys that have a lot of pride, you know, in winning and going out there and performing no matter if they're going to the playoffs or not, you know, they want to perform and they, and they want to win and they, and they want to build on that. Cause there is still stuff to build on for next year. Players can get better and it's never a bad thing to have a couple winning games, especially when you don't have a first round pick, you know, winning does build character. It builds kind of, um, you know, some camar camaraderie 
between the two team between players. And that's kind of what this team needs because there are going to be some guys back that are at key positions. Like you said, you know, David Montgomery, Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson, um, some of the younger guys as well. So we'll keep an eye on that the rest of the year, but it, it was kind of good to see them not fold. And, and it was a good moment. I, I was actually happy for them. I was happy for the coaching staff that they were able to get a win the way that they did and, and actually close out a game. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Moving forward, you know, the Bears have two winnable games in my eyes, Aaron. I don't think Minnesota's a great team. Yeah, they did beat the Bears. Uh, last week, uh, the shorthanded Bears, but they really didn't look that impressive in that game. But before that, they you know they have uh, the New York Giants, and the New York Giants are a very bad football team. The New York Giants stink, and the New York Giants are probably going to be starting Jake Fromm again uh, this week. So this is a game looking into Week 17, where at home, home finale, I think the Bears are going to win. They're six and a half point favorites. I think they're actually going to cover that spread, and I don't, doesn't matter who's the quarterback, Justin Fields or Nick Foles. I hope it's Fields. We can kind of get another game to evaluate him. I think the Bears are the better team. I think the Bears are going to win and cover. And looking at it, I'm going to be looking again for this, the youth on the roster to perform well and what we can build into next season. And I think it's another chance for Chicago to build some momentum, um, get another win under their belt kind of take that with them into the, into the, the week 18. Got to go. I keep on and say week 17, but week 18 finale. And, you know, it's a chance to maybe have a big game and put up, you know, 25, 30 points in a win. Yeah. I do the giants, man. I've, I've seen bits and pieces of their games over the last few weeks and Oh my God, they are bad, man. It's like Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback, but they are they are a substantially worse team with him not under center than they are with him there. I mean, it's crazy. Like you pointed out, I don't know. I, I haven't seen because I know Jake Fromm got benched. I mean, he was absolutely terrible against the Eagles. So I don't know. It's either going to be Jake Fromm or Mike Glennon. I mean, we could see the Mike Glennon revenge game 2.0, the same thing from, you know, the second to the last game of last year, too, when he was with Jacksonville. Who knows at this point? I mean, either way, it's it's not looking – it's not looking good for, for New York. And what's crazy is, is that Saquon Barkley after, you know, tearing his ACL among other things last year against the bears earlier in the season, still just does not look like the same running back to me. And really, I I think, you know, a big key for the bears is, is going to be making sure that they can't get that run game going. And that's kind of the thing with the giants is their offense is crazy as it sounds is more anemic than the bears are right now. 
So you get out, you know, you get out to a two or three score lead and you force the giants to throw the ball and bad things happen. I mean, the, the giants are a mess. And what's crazy about this kind of, you know, looping back in with the head coach stuff is they've already said like, they're going to keep not only Joe judge, but they're going to keep Daniel Jones for next year. And so anytime you think, and it's crazy, it seems like anytime the bears are in, you know, the hiring cycle, the giants are always somehow in the mix too. Uh, it doesn't look like that's going to appear to be the case, at least a head coach. We'll see about GM with Dave Gettleman, but uh, it's man. Anytime you think you have it bad as a bears fan, then all you got to do is look over at the New York giants and realize, I mean, they, they are arguably a worse run franchise than the bears. And, you know, this is going to be kind of the suck bowl 2.0 here. Um, but this is also a really good chance for the bears to come out and, you know, win another game. I mean, that's, I, I don't expect it to be a good game. CBS clearly doesn't either judging by their announcers. Um, but you know, it's just kind of one of those situations where, you know, again, for the second week in a row, there's kind of that tie because obviously, you know, with, with the bears and the giants, obviously the bears traded up to number 11 and took the giants pick and, and, and traded, you know, traded up and, and got Justin Fields. So, you know, the tie there is that, you know, how the Bears finish out the season directly impacts the Giants because the Giants own the Bears first round pick this year. And as of right now, I mean, they were neck and neck for the last, you know, multiple weeks of the season. Uh, obviously, the Bears won last week. And if they were to win again this week, then the Giants pick will obviously get better for them, but the Bears pick would get worse. So it's kind of a win lose situation for them, whatever. But yeah, I don't, I mean, not to sound overly negative or overly repetitive, but I don't think there's really there's really not a lot to look for in this game on Sunday outside no, of <laughs> this should be a pretty low hanging fruit kind of game for the Bears where if they lose, man, I don't even know what to say. Like I don't really envision as crazy as this sounds, I don't envision a scenario where they can even lose this game. Like the Bears may be bad, but the Giants are way, way, way worse at this point. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, the Giants are a terrible team. And, I mean, you hit it right on the head there. Like, as bad as the Bears situation has been, and it's been bad this past year, I mean, the Giants just, they just, they can, can't seem to figure anything out. And that's committing to Daniel Jones, you know. And part of that might be that this is a pretty bad draft class, according to a lot of the experts. But yeah, I mean, they're like, they've had their fair share of injuries. I get that, but they're just bad and like kind of sticking with the same regime and, and doing all that all over again. That cycle is just, man, I don't even know like what their fans, how their fans do this and go through it because it kind of feels like last year, the giants were in the NFC East where, you know, the Cowboys barely made, or no, was it uh who made the Washington Washington barely made the playoffs at the end. And, you know, the Cowboys got healthy this year and kind of took control, but I feel like there was a thought that the Giants weren't that far off from winning that division because of how bad the division was last year. And the division was really bad because, you know, Dak Prescott got hurt early on in the season and the Philadelphia Eagles had a rookie quarterback come in to replace Carson Wentz. And, you know, the, the Washington football team 
had a really good defense, but their offense wasn't good enough to win them a lot of games. And it was just kind of fool's gold. And they went into this year thinking, okay, they had a shot and they're just not good. They're, they're very, very bad. And I'm with you, man. Like, I think there's not many scenarios where the bears lose this game. Like it would have to be one of those bears games where they turn the ball over four to five times. Um, the defense has a couple of breakdowns in the, in, you know, in the secondary and the, the giants might get a, a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown to really, you know, come out and, and take a big lead and get pressure on Justin Fields. I don't see that happening, man. I, I think the bears are going to win. I I'm, as crazy as it sounds, I'm going to go like 31-20 Bears or maybe 31-17 Bears. I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to win by more than one touchdown. And um, I just, you know, maybe I'll be wrong, but I, I really can't see the Giants winning this game. And, and for my X Factor, man, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go Robert Quinn because I think, think this is going to be a great opportunity for him not only to pass Richard Dent on the Bears' sack list for a um, single-season record, but I think he could get two to three more on Sunday and, and kind of distance himself from that record and also maybe take over first place in the, in the, in the sack lead this year overall for the NFL. He's only a half sack behind uh, TJ Watt of Pittsburgh. So I, I'm going to look at that for my prediction, my X factor. Yeah, it's uh, I, I think we feel pretty similarly about this game. I, I just, again, man, I mean, for as bad as the bears have been, the giants are considerably worse. Like the giants may actually be playing like the worst team in the NFL. Like I know a lot of, a lot of people want to brag on the team, like the lions Dude, the lions are showing a hell of a lot more fight than the giants have. I'll tell you that much, man. The lions almost won last week. It was actually getting to that point where I'm watching that game. I'm like, we're about to have a little uh, neck and neck race for last place in the NFC North. And obviously they lost the bears won, And that's, that's locked up now because the bears are two and a half up on them for last place going into, or, you know, for third place, more the point going into the final two games of the season. But yeah, I just watching the giants. I mean, really, again, their quarterback situation's a mess. Uh, they haven't been able to consistently run the ball. I think that's going to be my X factor is going to be, containing the run if they can contain the run then they're going to be able to tee off on glennon or from whoever's back there and things are going to go well i mean really the bears biggest issue defensively over the last few weeks and for the majority of the year has been stopping the run they haven't been very good at doing that uh you know penny ran wild all over them last weekend too and they were able you know obviously to get the win so yeah that'll be my x factor as far as my score prediction goes I'm going to go 24, 14. Uh, I do think the bears win this game pretty handedly. Um, I don't think it's going to be an exciting game. I mean, at this point, I think we've all kind of been conditioned to realize anytime the bears playing football, it's probably not going to be very exciting, but I do think that this is going to be one of those games where, you know, they come out and they take control pretty easily and, and maintain control throughout the game. And, you know, hopefully give whatever fans end up showing up to the game, you know, a fi- you know, a final farewell for the year. And I mean, it's again, man, for, for as, as painful as this season has been and for as much as we want to see what's going to happen in the off season, you know, it's also kind of worth keeping in mind, you know, as I was, as I've, you know, been kind of writing these last few articles, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, we've got two more games and then there's nothing until preseason starts at the beginning of, of August. I mean, we got eight months of off season and fun and optimism and everything else, but we're not going to have any games, any bears games to actually watch until the preseason. And as we all know with preseason, I mean, the, the novelty of that wears off pretty quickly. And then it's like, all right, let's get to the regular season. So really, I mean, after that, we're nine months away from any substantial football being played again. So 
try to enjoy the last few games as hard as that can be, especially with as bad as the bears are, but hopefully the bears will, you know, take hold of the game. We won't be talking this next week on the podcast about how embarrassing it of a loss that was. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the bears are going to handle this game pretty easily. Yeah, you're right, man. That's always the, the tough part. It's like, there's a, there's an exciting off season ahead. It's going to be a very active off season ahead, but it's like, we don't get those games until training or, um, preseason and the regular season so yeah this will be the first game of 2022 for the bears um so yeah let's let's see if they can keep the new year off with winning ways and kind of extend this going into next season aaron uh where can everyone follow you on twitter at and read your work at yeah you can follow me at aaron lemming nfl and you can read my work on the bearreport.com i think what today was part two or three of the of the the gm preview yeah um, part two you know, yep yeah and it's kind of like i said you know like I'm not going to pretend to know a ton about these candidates. What I am going to do is what I did do more. The point is provide some added insight on specific names, but really this is just more of a, a list of names for fans to kind of get, you know, antiquated with, get familiar with, um, because, you know, when this hiring cycle get, you know, comes through, they're probably only going to interview what five, maybe eight of these guys. But at the same time, at least you'll be able to look through this list. I don't think I miss anybody's name. I think you'll be able to at least look through the list and understand where they fall, um, you know, and, and, and kind of who they are and, and what they do. So that's that's kind of the goal there. Yep. And it'll be a lot of names that you'll be hearing uh, throughout the off season. And, and part three does drop on Thursday. So this podcast should be out Wednesday. So look for his article on Thursday and then yeah, more off season stuff. We'll have head coaching stuff, um, trackers, rumors, all that stuff. You can follow the Bearport on Twitter at Bearport. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. As always, please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. And until next week, everyone, please stay safe and enjoy your new year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.